thanks to the four of you for leading us in, in song today. Well, y'all, it's Ash Wednesday today. I don't know if you knew that. Um, it's also uh, Valentine's Day. But I wanted to just acknowledge uh, in the room today, um, today's Ash Wednesday. It's the beginning of the season of Lent, that time of preparation for, for the Easter uh, um, celebration that we will experience together as the church around the world. And um, I want, I'm going to just invite you later on today, we're going to, um, on our chapel Instagram, unw.chapel, um, we're going to be sharing some resources and some ideas for how to engage both uh, today for Ash Wednesday, but then all Lent long uh, as we lead up to Easter. So be watching for that. If you don't follow us on Instagram, um, would encourage you to do that, uh, unw.chapel. Well, today, uh, our speaker uh, is Dr. Ken Castor. If you were here Monday, you know that he was here with us on Monday as well. If you weren't here Monday, um, I would just encourage you to go back and listen to the audio of that uh, talk. If, if you guys don't know, we have a chapel podcast. You can search UNW Chapel on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, or if you need help finding that, um, let us know. But um, go ahead and listen to what um, Dr. Castor shared with us on Monday, and, and we'll welcome him back here today. Um, for those of you not in the room last uh, earlier this week, uh, Ken Castor, he has 30-plus years of work with, with the next generation. Um, he's served in, in ministry in the, in, in the U.S. and in Canada as a, as a ministry professor at Crown College, as an adjunct professor here at UNW, and he currently serves as a pastor um, at Wooddale Church. So, would you give it up for, again, Dr. Ken Castor. Thanks, Darren. How are you cool people? Good to see you again. Uh, man, I've had a great week with you. It's been so fun. Some of you have, uh, this is your third day with me, and I really appreciate that. I was here last night uh, meeting with a lot of the student leaders at the campus, and uh, you guys are impressive. I am excited about what the Lord is doing here in your midst and the impact that you're having. And I'm just, I'm thankful to be working at a church that actually encourages me to get out and be a part of things like this and to, to be here today, be encouraged by you and hopefully to encourage you as well. And I don't mean that my goal today is to help you to feel good. When I say I want to encourage you, I don't mean that I want to help you feel good. I think that's not really what encouragement is all about. Encouragement means to put courage in. Because we have a crazy world. Let me just point out to you how crazy this world is. So you know today is February 14th. Did you also know, let me wish you a happy International Book Giving Day. Congratulations. It's also Library Lovers Day. I'm not quite sure what that means. Uh, this is National Cream-Filled Chocolates Day. Yeah. Uh, it is also, maybe you didn't know this, it's National Ferris Wheel Day. What? Yeah, I know. That's how crazy our world is. Uh, this one is, is interesting. It's also Singles Awareness Day. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise known as SAD, <laughs> Singles Awareness Day. I don't, I don't know who came up with the name of this day, but it's Singles Awareness Day. That's sad. Um, who came up with that name? That's like the worst, like Singles Party Day or something like that should be 
more appropriate. A lot of people are, are grateful to be single today because today is a, a high pressure day for them in relationship. Did you know, this one's my favorite though, uh, did you know this is also National Pet Theft Awareness Day? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know people are going around stealing pets. Uh, that's, that is just, is that a thing? Like, who has had their pets stolen in here? So is that, is that what happens? We actually had to make it a, an awareness day. Like, hey, you know, out of everything you need to be aware of today, the one thing I really want you to know about is pet theft. Like, is that a thing? It makes no sense to me. It's, it's Ash Wednesday where we begin to celebrate 40 days of of Lent and, and fasting and preparing our hearts for Good Friday and for the Easter weekend. Um, what Jesus has done for us is so amazing. So amazing. And today I want to put courage in you because of that. Uh, today is a, is a day I, I want you to be able to recognize the storms going on in life around you, maybe the pressures, maybe the anxieties, the things that are stressing you out, that are weighing you down, that are burdening you. I want you to be able to recognize and be aware of those things. But my, my goal is really that you would leave chapel today just absolutely encouraged, with courage put in you by your Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the goal today. Uh, because life is not always easy. It can often be intense. Um, Kathy and I, my wife, uh, we love to get up to the North Shore when life gets a little intense for us. Uh, we, we try to escape to the North Shore of Minnesota. I, I hope that you've had the chance to be there, that, to go up there. Look how beautiful this is. So this is like a typical, this picture is a typical view of what the North Shore in Minnesota can look like. So it's gorgeous up there. And it's, we love it partially because we lived in Canada for eight years on the west coast of Canada. And we lived in Vancouver and on Vancouver Island. And every day on Vancouver Island looked like this to us. There was ocean, there were cliffs, there were rivers, there were waterfalls, there were eagles, there were uh, lots of good, there was lots of good fly fishing. There were lakes to go canoeing on. It was just, and hikes to do all over the place. There were bears. It was just awesome. And so getting up to the North Shore in Minnesota is about as close as we can get to our life that we had on the west coast of Canada. So we love to escape up there, go camping, go hiking, all that sort of thing. In fact, maybe you've been to this place, this next place. This gives you a good picture of what the uh, North Shore looks like. The next slide. This is called Split Rock Lighthouse. And... I mean, this, is, this place is pretty cool. That cliff is 130 feet tall. So off the, the base of the surface of the lake, Superior, it is a 130-foot tall cliff. And then it's a 54-foot tall lighthouse. So the top of the lighthouse is 184 feet above the regular surface uh, altitude of the water. Isn't that crazy? Look at that. It's just a rugged, beautiful shoreline. 
This is my daughter. This is 10 years ago. This is my daughter at this place. We were hiking around and uh, we're standing out here. She's now 18 years old and we were hiking around on this day and you can see the, the height of the cliff and the lighthouse being built on the top. It's, it's just a powerhouse of a rock, right? But what's interesting is that there's a reason why there had to be a lighthouse built. So the Lake Superior is the largest freshwater body of water in the world. Did you know that? It has 10% of the world's freshwater surface water. Isn't that crazy? 10% of the world's fresh water on the surface of the planet is in Lake Superior. That's wild. It's 350 miles long. It's 160 miles from north to south. It is a massive lake. It's 130. Uh, at, at places, it's over 1,000 feet deep and its deepest depth is 1,333 feet deep. It's a massive lake. And you may know that there can be some storms on this lake. In fact, uh, surfing is becoming really, really popular on the north shore of Minnesota because it's some of the best surfing in North America when the storms come in. So in fact, in, in especially winter surfing and ice uh, surfing, where you get the, the ice on your beards. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's right. It's my, my doppelganger up here. Yep. The, uh, the lake can just become a torrent of a storm. The winds can whip up and the waves can crescendo and crash in this volume of water all across the lake. There are hurricanes that have been recorded that have whipped up on Lake Superior. And there have been some massive wrecks. Look at this wave. Remember how tall I told you the lighthouse was, right? The top of the lighthouse is 184 feet off the surface of the water. Look at that wave crashing against that 130-foot tall cliff. There have been shipwrecks. There have been lives lost. There has been a violent storm on Lake Superior. And so in 1910, they built this lighthouse so that people could find their way in the midst of a storm. And they were trying to figure out where are we going to build this and they built it on this immovable chunk of bedrock. Look at this next wave. Just so you know, it's not a one-time occurrence. Like this isn't even a big storm. And the waves can whip up and that's a wave sound. Yeah, but it's, it's like an explosion. If you've ever been here or if you've ever been on the, surf, on the, on the shore of an ocean uh, crashing of waves, you can know how loud it can get, right? You can be yelling at the person who's five feet away from you and they won't be able to hear you because of the voice, the pounding waves, the sound of this crashing. Look how tall that is and powerful that is. Here's another picture of just about a half mile away from there, another cliff face on the Lake Superior and the trees above the cliff, and you can see the tremendous power and crashing of these waves. Life can feel like this to us sometimes. Life can feel this intense. This is, this is our culture right now. It's like these crashing waves of hostility 
Maybe, maybe in your own life, it feels like there is this overwhelming crashing of anxiety and worry or fear or hurt or storm. I, I think it's, it's become difficult to find peace in our culture and in our lives. I, I think our lives are a lot like this. I, I was sitting down thinking, what is, what is it that's making things so intense around here? And so I, I just tried to come up with some descriptors. I, I really think that life is becoming increasingly intense. It's becoming increasingly expansive. So in some ways, you guys have access to more things around this world than any other generation has ever had access to. But the next slide, you can see there, there also is this tension because your life is invaded more than any generation that's ever existed. Do you know that when I was in college, I used to be able to get in a car and drive somewhere without anybody knowing where I was. Like nobody could track me. You couldn't track the car and you couldn't track my phone. I didn't have a phone. It was awesome. Life was better. And I could actually get away. I know this will freak a lot of you out, but can you imagine actually getting in a car and driving an hour away without a phone? And with just like a paper map. Can you imagine that? Like, does that freak you out? Like with no little voice telling you where to go? You actually could make the decision yourself. You had autonomy. Like today, you can't get away from anything. Like it is so hard to get away. Part of what Lent is about is that you would get away from all of the voices that are crashing and crescendoing into your life. And you think life is expansive, but it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller and more invaded. And it's time, the Bible says, that you let God take over your life and give you true expansiveness. And rather than being claustrophobicized by this world, our world is increasingly together. We are more connected to more people than any other generation in all of history. And yet, there's an epidemic of loneliness. It's greater in our country than it maybe has ever been. There's this phrase, it's called, it's, it says this, that we are alone together. We are more lonely, more isolated, more depressed. We are increasingly moral, like our moral drive, like we have this cause. We want to fight for stuff and speak out for stuff, but what's wild is we're so confused about what's right and wrong, a lot of the stuff we speak out about is actually immoral. Our justice causes are all confused sometimes. And we've become very hostile in our culture because we can't tell what we're being moral about. And we can't tell what we're being immoral about. We're getting so lost in the weeds. It's so intense. And the storms are crashing. We're safer than we've ever been. We're so protected. And yet because of that, we're so vulnerable. You know, if you stake a tree when you plant it, put little stakes in the ground and tie it up because you don't want this little tree to get knocked over by the winds, do you know that when you take that tree away after six or seven years, that tree is going to get knocked over in the first storm? Because that tree did not have to grow roots because that tree did not have to grow a strong trunk, because that tree relied on its protection all around it. And we have coddled our society to a point that we don't know how to stand in storms anymore. And you take that protection away, and our life becomes absolutely vulnerable. Because we're not, we're not grounded in the right way. We're increasingly exposed, and yet we're increasingly hidden. We're increasingly informed 
We know more than any other generation before us, and yet it seems like our critical thinking skills are becoming more and more oblivious. And we're only getting information from algorithms that tell us what they think we should know. We're increasingly active. You guys are busier than any generation before you, and yet we have this struggle with being increasingly unproductive and lazy. And yet we're so busy. We're increasingly independent. I've got freedom. And yet we're increasingly addicted and enslaved to the things around us. This is why we're absolutely stressed. This is why we're overwhelmed. Because we want peace. We want to be able to explore. And yet we feel like we're on the surface of a chaotic torrential storm. And the waves are pounding against us nonstop. Here's the good news today. The Lord is not panicking. I I could say it like this. The Lord is not the panic king. The Lord isn't in heaven on his throne looking down upon us, distant from us, saying, oh my goodness, I hope Dayton gets this figured out. If Dayton doesn't get this figured out, I don't know what we're going to do. If Dayton and Darren can't figure out how to, how to make this world work, God's not chewing his fingernails, fretting and worrying, right? God's like, I've got this. Why are you so afraid? Look at Psalm 93, talking about the kingdom of God. The Lord reigns. And some of you just let this saturate over over you today. Here's Psalm 93. I want you to look at it with me. The Lord reigns. And some of you need these words in your soul right now. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is firmly established, firm and secure. Your throne, Lord, was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, though, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. But mightier than the thunder of the great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. You see in this next slide, the waves can be overwhelming. The voice can lift up in this next slide. I want to highlight the pounding waves in the next slide. The seas have lifted up their voice. So the stress, I'm trying, there we go. So the when, when you're in the storm, it can feel overwhelming, and your temptation is that this is all you see. It's like the storm, when it's, when it's battering against your life, it can feel like this is the only existence there is. But Psalm 93 exists to remind us that the kingdom of God is so much greater than any storm on this earth and in this lifetime. The kingdom of God is immovable. It's unshakable. And all you need to do is take a few steps into Christ, the rock, 
And you'll know that his throne is firmly established and it's not going anywhere, even in the storm. I'm going to skip ahead to the next Psalm 93 slide because I want you to see the highlights of this. The storm seems like it takes up a lot of space in our life. Your anxieties can feel overwhelming, and they are. When you're standing on the, surf, on the shoreline and that anxiety wave after wave after wave after wave after wave is crushing your soul, and you don't think you can keep going. You're like, Lord, I'm overwhelmed. The good news is that God's kingdom is so firmly established, it can overwhelm any storm. The Lord reigns. He's robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The world is established. It is firm and secure. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. You're mightier than. You're mightier than. The Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. Matthew 7, Jesus said, anyone who builds their house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse. You guys, our, our world needs to know that it can weather the storms of this culture that it can weather the storms of our life. And the unexpected things that are gonna hit up against you as your life goes on, maybe that are hitting up against you today, the, the things that are overwhelming to you, that are crashing against you and just seem more powerful than anything else and that you feel like you can't stand and you're gonna drown through it all, our world needs to know that it can actually withstand those storms. And it doesn't need to become hostile back our lives don't need to become bitter back. Our lives don't need to become a storm back. Our lives can stand secure throughout this lifetime and for all of eternity because we are going to build our lives on the rock. Not Dwayne Johnson, Jesus. We're going to build our lives on the bedrock. Isaiah 26 says, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. This is such a simple message, and it's one that we try to complicate so often. Do you know, on the, on the North Shore, one of the things I love to do is to go to Split Rock Lighthouse during a storm and watch those storm waves just crash against that cliff. And the spray will come all the way up and get you wet. But you know what? I'm not worried about it. Because I'm standing like 20 feet in on that cliffside, on that rock. And it's like, these waves can't touch me. 
They're powerful, they're scary, they're frightening. And if I was close to the edge and got off this rock, I'd be done for. But as long as my life is centered on this rock, I can stand through anything. In fact, I wanna ask you to stand and we're going to end our time together praising the Lord and in the process reminding ourselves that he is the one to whom we need to base our lives. Will you stand with me and receive this prayer? Lord, you are our rock in our salvation. There is no other name upon which we can call whereby we can be saved. You are the way and the truth and the life. Lord, upon you we can stand and stand through anything in this world. It does not take the storm away, but Lord, you're able to say to us, don't worry, I am here. Do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, for the Lord your God is with you. I am with you to the very ends of the age. These are your words spoken over us, Lord. For those who have ears to listen, may you put courage in their lives today. We stand on you, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Stay standing.